already found it. It's on page 665 in the Black Bibles. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting at verse 7. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that uh, you're the God who uh, has called us uh, a friend, and uh, Lord, thank you that we can think this morning about what it means uh, not only to be friends with you, but to be friends with each other. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes to see that and our hearts to receive it. And Lord, we pray that you would make us true friends uh, and good friends. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. So as Graham said, the passage that we read there uh, was from Ecclesiastes. We're not actually studying Ecclesiastes, we're studying the book of Proverbs. But it's one of the great statements, I think, about friendship. What is a friend? Well, a friend, that passage tells us, is somebody that can help you with work. Uh, A friend is someone who can help you if you fall over. Uh, A friend is someone who can uh, keep company with you, they can protect you, they can even give you a sense of purpose. Uh, The the writer says, you know, what's the point of labouring and doing all this work if there's no one there to kind of share that with? Friends stick together, they help each other, they support each other, they love and care uh, for each other and friendship is one of the great relationships uh, that we can have. On the flip side, this passage tells us that to lack friends is tragic. It is one of the saddest things that we can ever experience to be without a friend. This passage says, pity the person who falls and has nobody to help them up. Friendship is at the heart of meaningful and satisfying human existence. But not all friendship Not every friendship is a good friendship. Uh, Not every friendship is a wise friendship. Not every friendship is a helpful friendship. So what we want to think about this morning is what is wise friendship? What does that look like? And what does unwise or foolish friendship look like? That's what we're looking at today as we work through uh, the book of Proverbs, as we think about God's wisdom uh, in that book, we're thinking about 
wisdom uh, and friendship. We'll see that Proverbs talks about bad friends. Uh, Proverbs talks about false friends. It talks about neighbours and acquaintances. Uh, and it talks about close friends. So first of all, Proverbs warns us about bad friends. Hopefully you would have received a, a handout on the way in, which has a list of the Bible, uh, other passages from Proverbs that we'll be looking at. And Proverbs 12 verse 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So the righteous person or the wise person is careful about the company that they keep. That's because bad company, bad friends lead them astray. So we often uh, use expressions like, that person got caught up in the wrong crowd. Uh, And what we mean by that is that a person who is maybe otherwise nice or respectable, a kind of a pleasant and, and more or less a well-behaved sort of person, got caught up uh, with uh, people who... And that those people changed their behaviour. They hung around with the, with the wrong crowd. Uh, you might remember a few weeks ago that we looked at how in Proverbs, life is a path that you travel along. Uh, and in many ways, this proverb is saying that, that bad friends lead you down the wrong path. They lead you down a path maybe that you never even knew existed uh, or down a path that you never thought that you would take. For that reason, Proverbs 22 verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So this proverb is saying, it's talking about a particular issue, being hot-tempered, but it's saying, don't even make friends with them, don't even associate with them. That's extraordinary, that sounds brutal. But in many ways, it's, it's good advice. Bad company is like a trap. Nobody sets out in a relationship thinking to themselves, I'm going to end up in a place that I don't want to go, uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, these people, no one sets out in a relationship thinking, these people are going to take me down the wrong track. Uh, they probably start out thinking, I know these people are not the best friends, but I'm strong enough to be able to deal with that. But, you know, I'm the one who will drag them in the right way rather than them dragging me in the wrong way. But this proverb says that bad friendship is like a trap hidden in long grass. Nobody sees it coming until they tread on it and are ensnared and it pulls them down. Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We need to choose our friends carefully. This isn't talking about the people that we we talk to and, and, and relate with in general life, but the people who we invite to be our close friends. We need to be careful about who we choose to be our close friends. We need to uh, choose carefully who it is that we spend the majority of our time with because that time and those relationships will shape us. There may be people in your life uh, that you need to create a little uh, bit of space between you and them. 
because they are having an influence on you. They're shaping you, but in an unhelpful way. And that can be in a whole range of ways. They can affect you and shape you in a whole range of ways. Like in that proverb from chapter 22, it might be that they're a hot-tempered person. That is, they're a person who's easily angered. And the danger is that you'll learn their ways. The danger is that you'll end up being a person who loses their temper easily as well. It's not maybe the kind of thing that we normally think of in terms of a bad influence. Uh, It might be that the way that they speak about other people is incredibly rude uh, or or, um, derogatory. And the danger is that as you spend time with them, that's how you'll end up speaking as well. You end up being rude about people, slandering them behind their back. Maybe they treat their parents shamefully or they treat any kind of authority figure shamefully. And the danger it is that the more you spend time with them, the more that will be your attitude towards uh, those kinds of people as well. It can be all kinds of things. It might be that they use drugs. It might be that they, that they uh, drink too much. It might be uh, uh, that they sleep around, that they're greedy. It could be all kinds of things. Whatever it is, we need to be careful and thoughtful about the kinds of people that we spend time with and who we uh, become friends with. But the good news is, on the flip side, that not, not only can bad friends... Um, Uh, shape us in bad ways but good friends can shape us in good ways so proverbs 13 verse 20 says walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm so that proverb has both sides uh, but the first side there walk with the wise and become wise if you want to grow in wisdom then find wise friends Uh, if you've got friends who are leading you down the wrong path then spend less time with those people Uh, Avoid those people and and find people who are wise, who will shape you into a wise person. It's as bad as it is to be friendless, it's better to have no friends than to have bad friends. Because bad friends can take you to a place uh, where you did not intend to go. So often we choose our friends, I think, on the basis of what turn out to be secondary characteristics. We choose our friends on the basis of things such as, are they the same age as I am? Do they share the same interests as I have? But actually, the Bible encourages us to ask more important questions. Are they wise friends or are they unwise friends? So Proverbs uh, tells us about bad friends uh, and wise friends. It also warns us about false friends. So Proverbs 29 verse, uh, 25 sorry, verse 19 says, Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in a time of trouble. There are people who look like friends, in other words, but when you go to rely on them when something goes wrong, they fall through. Uh, they, they, they don't help you out. They're not, there, they're not there with you. They're like, the proverb says, like a broken tooth or a lame foot. That is, they're useless. A number of years ago, I had what, what I think was a rather amusing experience. Uh, I was sitting at my desk. I was working, uh, and I was obviously sitting in a slightly awkward position. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'll just get up and make myself a cup of tea. It was that time of day, 10 o'clock. Uh, and... 
And I thought, I'll just get up and make myself a drink. The problem was that both of my legs had gone to sleep. And so I didn't, I didn't actually stand up. I, can't, I must have just pushed myself off the desk with my hands. But the next moment, I literally stumbled and fell. I couldn't even control my descent. I literally fell on my face. It was, <laughs> and I laughed on the floor there for a few moments. But this proverb is saying, that's what a false friend is like. You know, you know normally you think, oh, great leg, my legs, they'll hold me up. Fantastic. Until you, a moment comes when they fall through. They're not there for you. And, and this proverb says that's what a false friend is like. It's, it's like trying to walk with legs that don't walk at work or, or like trying to chew without it, with a broken tooth. It, it doesn't work. False friends are friends who desert us in times of need. And false friends are also people who are only interested in us for the wrong reasons. They're interested in us because of what they can get out of us. So Proverbs 19 verse 4 says, Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. Or Proverbs 19 verse 6, Many carry favour with a ruler, and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. In both cases, people are only interested in the good that they can get out of a friendship. They're friends with the person who gives gifts, they're friends with the wealthy person, and the poor person, well, you know what, we're not really interested in them anymore because they can't give us anything. We can't get anything from them. Uh, famous people often talk about the difficulty that they have in making friendships. Because as soon as they're famous, they have no way of knowing whether the people who they meet are really interested in them as people or whether they're just interested in their fame and their fortune and their glamour and all those other things. They often say things like, the only friends that they really have are the people who knew them before they became famous because they're the only people that they know are in it for who they really are. The problem with false friends is that they're not really interested in us and so once we stop being able to give them what they want they desert us they leave us so part of being wise in friendships is recognizing who are true friends and who are false friends being wise in friendships involves recognizing who will stand by us when things are tough and who is really interested in us rather than just interested in what they can get out of us? Uh, why is it so important to be able to do that? Why is it so important to be able to spot false friends? It's important because we need to know who the people are who will stand by us in times of trouble. So if we invest more and more in friendships with people who are false friends, invest in people who won't stand by us in times of trouble then we're setting ourselves up for a massive fall because we invest in that friendship and then the time of trouble comes and they desert us and there's no one around us. And of course, one of the problems is that when you invest in, in one friendship, that means that you have to leave other relationships aside. It's just, just a, a human calculation. You can't spend every time with everybody. It doesn't work like that. And so if you choose to invest in the wrong friendships, it will make life very difficult 
when those people abandon you in times of trouble. But if you invest in those friendships with people who will stand by you, then you are equipping yourself and preparing yourself and them as well for times when things are very difficult and very hard. But it's important, I think, for us to realise that not only can others be false friends to us, and so we need to be wise about our friendships, we also need to realise that we can be false friends to others. And for that reason, I think it's worth us sitting down and thinking through uh, our list of friends. You, You should sit down and think through and ask yourself the question, why am I friends with that person? Is it because you care about them, you're concerned for them, you love them, or is it because there's actually something that they give you that you want or that you like? Is it because they're generous to you and they give you gifts and you would like to get more gifts from them? Is it because they have lots of money? Is it because they have a particular skill? Maybe they're a plumber or an electrician or a great baker or something like that? And you think, awesome. Is it because they're cool and everyone likes them? And you want to be popular too? You want to have a great reputation? Uh, Is it because they're attractive and you just kind of want to bask in their reflected glow or something? If you only care about what they can give you, then you're a false friend. And when that person needs your help or stops giving you what you want, you'll probably abandon them. So acknowledge that to God. The the remedy to that then is to acknowledge that to God, to say to God, look, Lord, I realize that my friendship with this person is is based on the wrong thing. It's based on what I can get out of them. Acknowledge that to God. Confess that to God. You might like to confess that to your friend as well. And pray that that God would help you to be a a true friend uh, rather than a false friend. So there are bad friends who lead us astray, wise friends who make us wise, false friends who abandon us when things go wrong, uh, and we'll see in a moment that there's also, Proverbs also talks about the other end of the spectrum, which is uh, close friends or trusted friends. But before we look at that, it's worth uh, realising as well that Proverbs also has a lot to say about the kind of the middle territory, uh, which it calls, if you like, neighbours, or we might kind of say acquaintances. Uh, so it has a lot to say about how we treat those that we kind of our lives intersect with. With. And it's helpful just quickly, I think, to get a bit of an idea of what it has to say about that. Uh, so here are just another, a number of the proverbs uh, that it, it lists, and you might like to think a little bit more about these uh, yourself in your own time. It says things like, in Proverbs 3, verse 28, Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. You know, that is, don't say to the person, you don't really want to give it to them. To them, so you say, "Look, come back tomorrow." Uh, or the next verse: "Do not plant, uh, do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you." Or Proverbs eleven verse twelve: "Whoever derides their neighbour has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue." Or Proverbs twenty four verse twenty eight: 
do not testify against your neighbour without cause, would you use your lips to mislead? Oh, this is a great one, Proverbs 25, verse 17. Seldom set foot in your neighbour's house, too much of you and they will hate you. Uh, Proverbs 26, verse 18, another good one. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking. Uh, Or one of my other favourites is Proverbs 27, verse 14. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. You might like to deploy that in the family this week. Uh, Or Proverbs 29, verse 5. Those who flatter their neighbours are spreading nets for their feet. In other words, the point of all those Proverbs, if I can just summarise, is to say that we're to treat our neighbours... Uh, or acquaintances, the people with whom our lives intersect, we're to treat those people kindly, we're to treat them with respect, we're to do that to their face, and also uh, behind their back, we're to treat them kindly and with respect when they're not there to hear it. We're not to overburden them with our presence or make false promises uh, or flatter them. That said, the kind of kindness that we're to show is not an unrestrained kindness. Proverbs 6 has a wise warning. It says, My son, if you have put up security for your neighbour, if you've shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you've fallen into your neighbour's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbour no rest. And now allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter like a bird from the snare of the fowler. What it's saying is don't impoverish yourself. Don't risk uh, your own livelihood in order to kind of prop up your neighbour who perhaps is in financial difficulties because of their, their foolishness. You know, don't mortgage your house in order to pay their loan when they've got into debt uh, because of their own folly. That's, that's just sheer foolishness. We're to show kindness to our neighbours, but it's not an unrestrained, an unthinking, an unwise kindness. Who is our neighbour? Well, of course, as Jesus showed us in the parable of the Good Samaritan, our neighbours are a broad category. Our neighbours are not everyone in the world. They're not either just our close friends, but they are those people with whom our lives intersect And Jesus says that we we ought to love them. Uh, And the way that we ought to love them, Proverbs says, is by showing courtesy and respect and kindness uh, and generosity. So there's bad friends, there's wise friends, there's false friends, there's neighbours, that kind of in-between category. Uh, And then finally there are close friends. The funny thing about the word friend in Proverb is that it's the same word and it's used in different ways. So a friend can be a neighbour, it can be someone who's not really a friend at all, somebody who leads you astray or deserts you or abandons you, Uh, can be kind of an enemy of sorts, or it can mean this kind of last category of person, that is someone who is is very close, a a trusted friend, Uh, what Anne of Green Gables would have called a bosom buddy. Uh, It's a word I think we've got to bring back into uh, into common speech. Uh, But... But Proverbs 18 verse 24 says about this, it says, One who has unreliable friends soon soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
That's actually not a very uh, helpful translation, I don't think. Uh, More literally, it's something like this. A man of many friends, or a person of many friends might come to ruin, but there is one who loves them, who sticks closer than a brother. The the contrast is not between... um, The contrast is, is between having lots of friends who aren't very good and one friend who is just a wonderful friend who loves you and cares for you. The the proverb is saying it's, it's not about having lots of friends. It's about having a friend or two or three or however many it is who really care about you and really love you. That's an interesting contrast, I think, in an age where social media and other things invite us to quantify the number of friends that we have. But God says that what matters most is not the number of our friends, but how close those friends stick to us. So you can have lots of friends, lots of neighbours, lots of people that you know, lots of people that you get on well with, lots of people that you invite over for dinner or they invite you over for dinner. But there's a kind of another level of friend, the friend. who is trustworthy and reliable and close. And it's important, I think, for us to realise that that's actually okay. It's not wrong to be closer to some people than to others. So sometimes I think within the Christian community we can have a very egalitarian or kind of equal way of thinking about things, that is, that we all must be equally good friends with everybody else, and somehow it's, somehow it's wrong... <laughs> for us to to play favourites. But the Bible is full of special relationships between friends. David had Jonathan, Paul had Timothy, uh, Jesus had John, the beloved disciple. Uh, We tend to think of Jesus as the great egalitarian who loved everybody exactly the same. But actually, John's Gospel tells us that there was a special relationship between him and John that didn't exist between the other disciples. And in fact, Jesus had 12 disciples who were favoured above others, and within that group he had three, Peter, James and John, who were favoured above the other. He did more with them than any of the others. And within that three, there was John. There were different levels of relation. That didn't mean that he didn't love the other people. But he loved John in a way different to the way that he loved uh, others. There is a kind of close friendship that is valuable and to be treasured. In what does that true friendship consist then? Well, obviously it involves sticking close in hard times. We've seen that. It involves... Uh, other things as well. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. What does that mean? It means that your family will be with you in hard times. And your friend, the one who loves you, the, the friend will be with you in hard times too, but the friend will be with you in good times as well. The family's there when the, when, when the bottom falls out of your life. But the friend is there to rejoice with you when things go well as well. They grieve, 
They pick us up when we fall, but they also celebrate with us when life goes well. But true friendship isn't all uh, beer and Skittles. It's not all good. Proverbs 27 verse 6, wounds from a friend, literally again from the one who loves, wounds from the one who loves us can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. True friendship isn't just about saying nice things to each other. It's not about just kind of, you know, liking each other's posts. Uh, you know, love heart, the love heart smiley face. You look so beautiful. It's not just about saying those things. True friendship involves saying hard words that wound in order to build up. In fact, this proverb says that the person who only ever says nice things, the person who multiplies kisses, is actually the enemy. The person who never pulls you up when you're doing something silly that you shouldn't be doing is not actually a friend. The person who never says the hard word when you need to hear the hard word is not a friend. They're an enemy. They don't really love you because real love costs and wounds and real love is willing to say, you're more valuable to me than even this friendship. And I'm willing to say this and risk losing this friendship and this relationship because your good matters more to me than what I can get out of you. It's a great test, isn't it, I think, to apply to our friendships with others. Have there been wounds, words said, on both sides? Are there things maybe that you need to say that you haven't said, that you need to say for their good? It's not about arguments and fights, but hard words said with love, and in kindness. Those are the words of true friendship. It's the same in many ways in Proverbs 27 verse 9, though a bit more positive. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. A good friend is like perfume. They're like incense, because out of their love springs this good advice, this loving advice. You know that what they say to you they're saying because they believe in love that it's in your best interests. Even if that's advice that can hurt us and sting us. C.S. Lewis is often quoted for his view of friendship uh, from his book, The Four Loves. Uh, for Lewis, friendship was, a, was different to romantic love, he said, uh, in that friends stand side by side looking at a shared goal, whereas lovers stand looking toward each other. For Lewis, friends were actually in some ways disinterested. They were disinterested in each other, but interested in a goal or an objective that they shared together. But actually, that's a very thin view of friendship. 
And it's a view of friendship that's quite at odds with the view of friendship that Proverbs gives us. Although the interest of two friends is not a romantic interest, it is still, importantly, a keen interest in the other person. It's not just an interest in something that you can do together, but it's an interest in the other person and what's for their good and what's for their benefit. It's an interest that leads to counsel, rebuke, support, encouragement, and heartfelt advice. Well, if you have a friend or friends like that, then that is a great gift of God. If you're a friend like that to somebody else, then that is a great gift of God as well to them and to you. Uh, Of course, maybe you're not a friend like that. Maybe you're a bad friend or a false friend. Maybe you're a good friend to some people but a bad friend to other people. And if that's the case, then you need to acknowledge that. You need to confess that to God. You need to confess that perhaps to that friend as well and needed to seek God's mercy and grace in Jesus uh, and his transformation through the work of the Spirit. Of course, maybe you uh, are not a bad friend uh, and you're not a good friend. In fact, maybe you just don't really have any friends of that calibre at all. And that is a great source of sadness to you. And that is right to be sad about that. God made us for friends like that. We need friends like that. As Graham said earlier, one of the most remarkable things in the Bible, of course, is that Jesus himself, God himself, calls us his friend. If you believe in Jesus, if you've entrusted yourself to him, then Jesus calls you his friend. Jesus is not our friend uh, in the sense that we're not the ones who stick with him in hard times. If you think about it, all Jesus' disciples deserted him when he went to the cross. We're not the one who stick with Jesus. Jesus is the one who sticks with us. And we're not the ones who rebuke Jesus and address his shortcomings. But actually, Jesus is the one who addresses our shortcomings with the greatest love and kindness and the greatest affection. We're not the ones who show him incredible love and devotion. He's the one who shows us incredible love and devotion beyond what we could ever imagine. In many ways, Jesus is the greatest friend, even if we have no other friends. He is with us, and he's more reliable than any other friend. But while that's true, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of the fact that as wonderful as our friendship with God is, and that is the great treasure to which the gospel invites us, to be friends with God through Jesus Christ, as wonderful as that treasure is, it's important that we don't lose sight of the fact that God made us for other friendships as well. It's still God's desire that we have other friends besides Jesus. Friends who are here with us now in person, who can walk the road with us and love us and care for us. In his kindness, God also gives us 
other friends besides Jesus, who imitate Jesus' friendship. And he calls us to be friends to other people, imitating the love and friendship of Jesus to us. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that in the, the gospel, in the good news, you have called us to be your friends. That when we were your enemies, you called us through Jesus, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be reconciled to you so that we could receive that invitation to be friends. And Lord, thank you that many of us here this morning have entrusted ourselves to Jesus, have believed him, have taken him at his word, that he is the one that you have sent to rescue and redeem us. Lord, thank you that in him we have become your friends. But Lord, we also want to value and honour the human friendship uh, for which you've created us, uh, the friendship that you've created us uh, for with each other. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to grow in that. Lord, we, we ask that you'd help us not to be bad friends or false friends. And where we have been or where we are, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for that uh, and that you would help us to be true friends and good friends, good neighbours. Uh, Lord, if we, have, uh, if we have made friends with people who, who are influencing us unhelpfully, Lord, help us to take the hard steps to, to deal with that. Uh, if we've entrusted ourselves to people who are not really interested in us, but are only what they can get out of us, Lord, help us to deal with that wisely also. And Lord, we pray too that you would help us uh, to grow in friendship so that we can be people who are wonderful neighbours to those around us uh, and also people who love and people who can be trusted uh, with those who are most dear to us. Lord, build strong friendships and uh, strong neighbourly relationships. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.